gear up as Cass Miller and his team of accomplished guests steer you on an enlightening voyage filled with valuable tips, fresh insights, and effective strategies. Welcome to Marketing Masters, the Agency Power Show. Hello, everyone. My name is Cash Miller. I'm the host of Marketing Masters, CEO of Titan Digital. Today, we're going to be talking about email marketing. You know, I've got with me Nicholas Topper of Inbox Booster. He's a email deliverability expert, and so he's been in this field a long time. Nicholas, it's great to have you on. Um, tell us a bit about yourself, what you do, you know, what your system does. So, uh, hi, Nicholas. Uh, thank you for having me. And uh, Inbox Booster is a, a tool uh, that uh, I've invented that allows you to tell you why if you're in spam and why. Because it's actually not that obvious to know if your emails are your marketing email, for instance, is going to end up in promotion or spam because uh, spam filters are super smart. So, for instance, Gmail might figure out that you want to receive your, your own marketing email, but not, everybody, but, uh, not everybody, everybody else will not. So, so you might end up in kind of this work situation where your email, your test email might be uh, in inbox, your friends, your newsletter, if you check your friends, they might be in the inbox, but for everybody else, it will be in spam. So we're telling you that for free, and we're also telling you why, so you can actually fix the problem. Well, it's great to have you on, Nicholas. Uh, um, we're talking email marketing today. You know, email has like it's one really effective. It's one of the oldest forms of digital marketing. For one, you know, people have been getting email within their inboxes forever from all sorts of people, whether they asked for it or not. Um, you know, but it competes against other different types of platforms. You know, it competes against, you know, things like social media. So what do you think, you know, because it's evolved so much, what's the current role of email? How do you see it? Yeah. Is still having a place in that digital marketing landscape and how, how, um, you know, effective is it today in, you know, 2023? So, uh, so, 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 so there's a deeper way to look at your question. The first one is uh, when you talk about email, what emails are you talking about? Are you talking about business emails? Are you talking about newsletter? Are you talking about cold outreach? And, uh, and they're different. What's, what I know, what's kind of a fact is this is uh, the easiest way for uh, re-engaging your customers. So whichever uh, business you have, so you need to have a newsletter. That's kind of a guarantee. And for some, in some businesses, it's also the most effective way to find new customers. So that's almost a per business uh, question. Now, from a user point of view, if you can, so those are uh, from a user point of view, uh, email is basically replacing your uh, physical mailbox. So yeah. what do you have in it? You have administrative uh, documents like uh, tax, uh, uh, mail invoices, stuff you really want to receive, and uh, junk email. So advertisement. Yeah. And those advertisements, uh, everybody's saying that they hate receiving them, yet they read them. So, and they sometimes take the coupons and <laughs> yeah. say, oh yeah, oh, that's that discount, but I really hate receiving them. So, uh, so, so you have this kind of, uh, so it's just replacing that. So from that point of view, it's important, it's useful, but it's not uh, necessarily, but it's not uh, everything. And, uh, and you have, uh, for instance, uh, you mentioned in the, in the landscape, you things that works like multimodal, uh, marketing strategy when you send an email then you try it then you, if you see the person on instagram or Mita, you actually display a pop-up and all that because you need the all it's one of the of the channel but it, it's uh, there is a particularity to it which is one it's uh, cheap it's much cheaper than the others yeah two it's free 
as in uh, nobody can shut it down or when I access founders, but yeah. if you're uh, careful uh, and you know what you're doing, it's, it's not depending on like uh, Meta who's going to jack up prices and multiply the prices by five uh, one day when they figure out that you're making a lot of money and all that. So it's a lot more reliable from that point of view. And uh, and Amazon's the only one actually, if you think about it. Yeah, well, you compared it to, you know, traditional, like, you know, uh, mail and hitting the actual, you know, mailbox and stuff. And you're right, it, you know, obviously it's significantly cheaper. It's not free, you know, because it's either time or money. You know, you're going to spend some time, which your time costs, um, or you're going to, you know, and you still got to spend some money on the platforms. But, you know, the cost difference is, you know, very significant, um, especially, you know, with rising postal rates and things, you know, that's, you know, even bulk mail has gone up over, over time. So it, and it is one of those things that it's got a, uh, it is a piece of your, you know, the puzzle, you know, it's one more, um, arrow in the quiver, you know, that you can use to, you know, be able to reach a lot of people, but, you know, there are challenges with it. I know as an agency, when we're de dealing with people and they're, you know, they want to discuss email marketing, you know, one of the first things we always ask is going to be, do you have a list? Because, yeah, if you don't have something, a list of customers, you know, and if you say, yeah, I got a list, I bought it from this guy that's, you know, um, he said he could, you know, scrape together everything. And I'm like, yeah, no, that doesn't count, you know, for us, <laughs> because, you know, like you run a, a company that's, you know, um, checks, you know, why things are getting blocked and stuff, you know, well, also who you're sending to, you know, can count, count as well, because yeah. you can end up with a lot of junk. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, the, the thing here is that there's really two ways to look at email. Are you sending to your own customers? And that's kind of a no-brainer. Everybody mm -hmm. needs to do that. If you're not, you need to do it. Uh, and, that's, and, and are you going to send to uh, try to acquire customers, which is a lot harder? And it can work or not. Well, first of all, it's never, I have never seen it successfully work in the case of B2C. And it's yeah. actually illegal. Uh, so I wouldn't do that. In the case of B2B, it depends on uh, your market. Like, for instance, if you're in HR, this can work because uh, they're, the people they like to be sold to like that. If you're selling to uh, technical, to developers, engineers, like uh, software engineers, they hate it. So, like, uh, they're, uh, mm -hmm. uh, this is kind of a cultural, this is cultural uh, kind of bias. Like, sometimes they like it, sometimes not. We need to kind of test a little bit. But for whomever are your customers already, this is a no-brainer to send uh, to collect that list and send it to them. You need to do that. And if you're not doing that, uh, you're doing it wrong. And to dig a little bit into that, even a newsletter sent every three to six months, uh, it's going to bring you revenue. And, uh, and so, so you want to do that and you want to do it every three, three to six months at the very least. And, and then you can think, but uh, that's kind of the base. Uh, it's kind of like having a website. You need to have the website. Uh, it's kind of a no-brainer. You need to send that newsletter. That will bring you revenue. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're going to do it mostly, it depends. Yeah. Um, often, you know, the best one is what you mentioned, customers. You know, if you've built up a, any kind of a customer list over time and you should be, you know, everybody has built up a customer, you know, base. Uh, often they have the problem of, you know, saying, hey, let's put in strategies that say we can use email as a way to continuously connect with them. Don't clobber them with stuff. You know, I've seen plenty of retailers that, you know, send so much. It's like it's an overwhelm, you know, yeah. but that's where you want to be focused, you know, because like I say there's so many cold emails that are going out, especially now. And I've talked to a few people that kind of operate in that space. And I'm like, it's so saturated that it's losing effectiveness 
because we're getting so much that I just, you know, I don't bother looking at it anymore. I just delete it if it, you know, uh, the one thing on cold email, and I don't know why the spam boxes aren't quite catching this yet, but this, if they use the subject line, quick question, I hate that subject line and everybody is using it. I'm like, stop, please say, get original. Everybody copies everybody. Yeah. Uh, so, 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 so that's, uh, so the quick question, yeah, I think I blocked it on my spam filter, but the reason they're not <laughs> catching, the, the, the reason they're not catching up on that is, um, is really because the, so spam filter, the way they work, is that they're trying to figure out which mails you want to do. So it's kind of the opposite of Google Ads or uh, Meta, where you're trying, is it something that they want? It's the same system. So what happens is, uh, this is very computationally intense, but it costs them money. So to reduce the cost, they're kind of figuring out proxy or like shortcuts. So they're like, oh yeah, if there is a quick question, I know it's spam. So people rotate everything. So they're trying to basically evade the spam filters. Um, well, basically, if it's in spam, it's because users didn't want to receive that email. So, uh, so, so that's what we're telling them. In this case, we're like, yeah, you need to send a, a better content or uh, to, to some other people. And yeah, you're and, and the problem here is uh, salespeople or marketers they try to sometimes they're a little bit too pushy, and uh, and you need to know uh, what's kind of the right balance. Is this too much? Am I not pushing enough, uh, or will I get pushed back? And that's kind of where we come in play uh, because that's basically what the information we're providing uh, to our customer or users. We're saying, hey, you're in spam because you've sent bad emails. Yeah. So we can, uh, we can identify more. Uh, this is free. If you want to figure out which one, they need to pay us. But that's kind of, uh, but, that's an important <laughs> from, but that's an important information because yeah. then they can actually uh, figure it out. Another thing I'm seeing, for instance, is more like because you, there is a group campaign also, uh, as you talked about retailers, you do that also. They, they, the thing is, I'll call that almost laziness. It's more like they have somebody who set up everything and they really think about it. They didn't act. They didn't think about uh, will this be effective? Will this be? Will this hurt my email reputation? So uh, you just need to be a, a little bit more respectful of your users, and usually that's enough. What I mean by laziness is uh, sometimes they just uh, create lots of sequence of your campaigns. They don't really uh, think about it too much, and then they end up in spam, and they don't know why. And it's because they have like a there's something like 10 follow-ups on people who are like, okay, do you want to buy my product? Do you really, really want to buy my product? And yeah, after three, three follow-ups, if you're, if you're not going to buy, you probably want to not do that. And that's hurtful for both the sum, for both uh, your reputation, but also yeah. long-term, because that's someone you could have email next year saying, hey, I, mean, I know you haven't heard from me for a long time, but maybe the situation has changed and uh, maybe you might be interested in my widget. And if you're respectful, this works. And the problem now is you have so many automations that, uh, so, uh, that it's uh, not necessarily obvious uh, when you're actually uh, disrespectful. And that's kind of how I look at it. And uh, yeah. if you're careful, you should be fine. And if you're not, then you have us to tell you, hey, uh, you need to be a little bit more careful. Yeah. I know there's a ton of stuff that goes on. Um, let's circle back around a little bit, you know, with the, um, in the case of newsletters and using your customer base, you know, and especially mm -hmm. because, you know, some of these like lists that you build up of customer base, depending on what the company does, they can get really large and it allows for an op opportunity to start segmenting those audiences, you know, like based on, you know, purchase history. So if you think of like, uh, different e-commerce retailers and things, you know, that might offer a wide variety of stuff. You know, what are the opportunities in segmenting lists that, you know, um, 
companies could be taking advantage of. So, so in the case of Anito, so the traditional way to do it for e-commerce website, first of all, you need to segment. And the thing you need to do is uh, you need to have customers from lists. This is kind of the minimum. This is a really, some companies don't do that. They just have a newsletter and, and they just send. And the second thing you want to, the second way you want to do it is by the last click. So who has clicked in your email in the last 90 days? This, those are uh, the people who are engaged, uh, meaning uh, they're going to know who you are. They ha you have a relationship with them. And, mm -hmm. uh, and then uh, it kind of goes down uh, and then it decreases. So for instance, somebody who hasn't clicked uh, on any of your email in the last six months, then they're probably not engaged. Of course, it depends on your email frequency. If you're sending uh, an email every six months, then yeah, most people will have not clicked uh, in the last yeah, six right. months of your email. So you need to kind of uh, tune that a little bit. But the idea is uh, you want to have um, a, a core of people who are your engaged, uh, your, 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 your loyal sorry, user base. Uh, so uh, if you sell a service, you're going to buy uh, everything. If you like, say, I don't know, like a writer, would, or a musician who collect your, your loyal fan base, they would uh, buy or listen everything uh, to what you're doing. So mm -hmm. this is kind of uh, where you want to start with. And then you expand from that to the people who barely know you. Okay. And that's just common sense. And so if you have to build a segment, usually you have three segments, engaged, neutral, bad. Mm. Got it. You know, what are the things can you, okay, so you could segment based on, their activity, in which case you could funnel them into different lists. You know, the, mm -hmm. like you mentioned, okay, they're engaged. So let's put them over here. So you start with like this, you know, base core list of everybody. And then based on the action or lack of action, you know, then you funnel them into different lists to start breaking them up. Yeah. yeah so. But the action is you can just use the click. It's kind of good enough. It's yeah. working a lot. Okay, and then so if, so if they click in your newsletter, so sorry, if they click in your newsletter or they bought your product, then you can put them in a little bit. You don't need more uh, than uh, two to three segments. It's really uh, uh, if you think about it, like, can I email them anything and they'll uh, read it, if you, or or not? And most people are not. Uh, otherwise, uh, that's kind of uh, the, that's kind of the normal situation. But in but in those most people, but in those uh, segments, you will have people who will. Uh, uh, buy everything you do. They will listen to everything you do. I mean, uh, and you have that even with your podcast. Like some people will listen to mm -hmm. all of your podcasts. They will listen to every episode. Some will listen, and most people will listen to one one uh, once in a while. So this is kind of uh, the same. Yeah. So well, I was going to say podcasts are a good example of segmenting and stuff. But you know, so this podcast, um, just to use an example, we've talked about different types of things. So this one being email marketing, we've talked about. You know, things that are pay-per-click related or website design related or branding, you know, a number of things. So, you know, you could go and take your segments and break them down by topic. So, you know, so let's say for also like when people are first uh, signing up, you know, you could segment them on the sign up, you know, side of things too. So if they're signing up, you know, opting into your list, you could ask them, what do they prefer you know, to hear. So if they just want the uh, podcast that is related to branding, okay, then you, you know, they segment themselves and they click which are their, you know, the subjects they care about versus everything. You know, you could yeah, do that with a lot of different types of businesses. Yeah, but that's not working all that well because uh, the, the reason of that is there's two reasons behind that. The first one is people are not very good at predicting what they want and uh, mm. what subjects okay. they want. Uh, and the second thing is, 
they don't expect an email from you every day. So no matter what, uh, they will uh, expect to hear uh, you about you uh, once in a while. And you want to build a relationship with them by emailing them uh, okay. or kind of rebuild it. So it doesn't really matter what you say to them. You just need to say to them something that's kind of vaguely interesting. Hmm. Uh, and the second, which is a, a little bit counterintuitive. And the third thing is spam filters. The way they work is they're trying to figure out which email people are going to want to read and they use a signal log because they want to look at, okay, I've sent this email, let's say I'm sending a uh, hundred emails to people. This works uh, when you're sending hundreds of thousands. So I'm sending a hundred, I'm sending hundreds of thousands of emails to, uh, to Gmail. What Gmail will do, this is a very simplified view, but just to get to get an idea, they're going to put 1,000 of those emails in people's mailbox and they're going to see what the hell happens. Are you uh, going to uh, open it? Are you going to read it? Are you going to open it and then delete it? And then or report spam or unsubscribe. Or on the other hand, are you going to archive it, spend a lot of time on it, email it to your friends? So you have uh, all this variety of uh, actions and they kind of make a mix. And, uh, and, and if everybody out of this first thousand is going to not open that email or delete it after reading it or just skim through it without really checking it, they're just going to send the rest to check. So hmm. because of that's why this engagement thing is important is because it's a good way to get uh, less deliverability problem. And it's also how uh, they want the system to work with the spy filters. So uh, if, you're, um, if you're doing cold average to, which is a slightly different subject to people who haven't, uh, you haven't emailed before, they need to get your, the, the kind of bet you're making is that they're going to be interested in what you're going to send to them and that they will be in that position, which works if you're able to predict that in a good way. And if you're not, then it's something to work. So for, for instance, mm. uh, uh, send, uh, we mentioned a cold email uh, earlier about sending a, uh, with, with uh, agencies trying to find leads for agencies. Uh, yeah. This sounds like a good uh, example. Like obviously everybody, every agency should be interested into that. Uh, but it's more, yeah, they're interested. That doesn't mean they're going to read that email. And that doesn't mean they want to invest in a relationship with you to try to see if there is good business here or not. So, uh, right. Uh, so, 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 so the guess, uh, the bet you're making is actually, uh, yes, I'm betting that you, if I'm cold emailing you, you're going to be, uh, not necessarily buy it, but you're going to be interested in what I have to sell to you. So of course, if we're 10 telling you the same thing, this is not the case because it's a commodity and uh, I'm receiving, so I'm never going to be interested. And if I send to you a highly differentiated offer uh, that I know you're going to be interested um, for, for whatever reasons, for, but I, there is, you have a even if you're not going to buy or going to be interested in what I have to say to you, then that works. Hmm. And everything works like that in email. You want to, you need to have these people uh, reading your email. And the spam okay. filters are just filtering that, which explains the segment. And this is why you don't need to segment it too much because hmm. you just want them to, to, to like it. So if you send the beginning newsletter as an example, and you have a, a section for interest and you have three sections and they'll read the section that they care, spam filter will pick it up. That's good enough. So you don't need to overthink it. That's kind of what I want to have. Okay. Well, that makes sense. You know, and if you segment it down too much, you would have the problem of you potentially you don't get enough engagement, in which case the spam filters are seeing that part of it. Yeah, because it's it can be too specific. Yeah. So general use... yeah, broader yeah, emails can work better. Yeah, now if you're uh, Airbnb, uh, so 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 now I'll I'll explain the opposite, like if you're Airbnb or Amazon or those kind of companies, you have yeah. so much scale, but what they do is they generate one email per person and you have providers that are going to do that. But the kind of uh, segmentation 
with categorization that you want to build, uh, that you suggested, uh, we're not, I'm not sure it's working. It's really, I really have a world. Like either you do two segments or you do one per person almost, if that makes sense. But yeah. you don't want to be in the middle because the, the middle of the road is the most dangerous part in the road. Yeah. Okay. So when we're talking about getting, you know, into the, into their inbox, you know, landing in the right place, um, you know, what kind of subject lines too, though, are, you know, working from that standpoint, but also engaging people, you know, like I mentioned quick question earlier, because everybody, you know, that's doing some sort of cold outreach seems to be wanting to use that, that line, but there are other things and newsletters are totally different. So are there any particular rules of thumb as it were, you know, that of, you know, ways to do better with that? Because there are systems out there that can, of course, test for these things. But, yes. you know, what are the some of the standard practices you should keep keep in mind? So, so the thing about email is uh, there is not, for everything that's content uh, or copy related, there is no standard practice because it's really depending on your user base. It's really, are they opting it? That's kind of how I would say. And if you're emailing uh, HR people or developers, the setup is so different that there is no actual rules. The only thing you can know, like an email campaign, however you call it, is really a combination of a copy, uh, uh, a target, like where you're going to email to, and the time. And everything around that is going to change. So any people who are going to give a rule of thumb, it's going to be a, a, an over-specialization for their own target. So if you're emailing, uh, and again, you can see it because uh, if I want to email for a travel newsletter or not, there is no... Uh, there is a thing like people will say like emojis working better if you don't have emoji, for instance. But the truth is uh, they don't know, and it doesn't really. And even if it's true in the general case, it might not be true for your own specific uh, customers. So it doesn't. So you should just try and experiment a lot. And that's how you want to do it. Not. Uh, I've seen a lot of places are giving lots of rules of thumbs. Don't put free. Don't do that. Don't do this. Do this. Uh, is that from, from the spam filter's point of view? Um, in most cases, it doesn't matter because that's not how they work. They don't have like if free, then put more uh, blocks, uh, uh, blocks email, and in uh, and in uh, because they work more on a statistical basis. So they're going to say, oh, everybody on the last week that has free in their subject is uh, sending spam. So we're going to block it for a couple of days. That's kind of how they work automatically. So and the second reason is it's very very specific to your user base. So you need to test uh, you need to test with your user base. And uh, if anything, the rules of some here is don't assume anything. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, well, okay, so now you move from sub subject lines to the actual like design, uh, you know, responsiveness of the design, you know, seeing where, you know, you have different, depending on the email client, you know, wherever they're opening it, it can change the design. We always have to test to see how it's going to come through, you know, what it's going to look like. Um, you know, you have all sorts of, you know, like MailChimp and Constant Contact and those, they have email builders that you can use, but even those don't always display correctly. Yeah, so what are some of the things that, you know, people using email marketing need to be, you know, really aware of? Um, when they're putting their emails together, especially newsletters and such that use designs, or if it's you know if it's anything that's along those lines. So, so actually, the the way we recommend to, to them to do is first they take their user list. Uh, either they can do it for free on Inbox Booster, or they can or if they're a constant contact or mailing to them, they need to do that and to check where they're sending to. Because in most cases, they'll see that they have eighty percent 
uh, on, uh, on one mail So for instance, uh, what we see is uh, uh, customer, uh, our customers sending a lot on uh, user, uh, on uh, consumers, or really, it's really mostly Gmail. Uh, customers sending, uh, selling to Fortune 500 is going to be another set of spam filters. And, and, uh, and that's just to ease the work. And, what you, and once you figure it out, there is a good chance you can just test on one host. You don't need to test on dozens, uh, or you can just, uh, in, in if 90% uh, of your user database is Gmail, then uh, you send it to Gmail and make sure it's working on Gmail. You can use the uh, tools like uh, Gmail, Nasty, Litmus, and all that, but usually you have only one host, uh, one mail server, one ISP, as we call that, that really matters. And so that's the first thing. So I would start with that. Like, do I have it? The second thing is I would test deliverability when my company is ready. This is a, an overlooked step, and this is very actually hard to do. And uh, Litmus and all that will not really good, do a good job of it. Well, at first, I'm biased because yeah. I built a tool to do that. <laughs> but uh, it's free. You want to test your email on Inbox Booster. Make sure that's working. The other option is you create yourself a test address, and you do it yourself if you don't want to use our free tool for that. But it's important to do that after, uh, just before you send your campaigns, because uh, it might end up in spam. And you need to do it uh, uh, in the real conditions. For instance, HubSpot, you can, they have a button that says send a test email. Uh, they actually made it so, so that you can just test the rendering, but you will not test the deliverability of it. So you actually have to add the contacts. It's really, really painful. Other providers like Nautic are doing a, a are okay to show that uh, are doing a better job. Of. So, so you want to so you want to study the real conditions on this test address, or again on the inbox booster because that's what we're going to do. Uh, yeah. Our competitions, uh, who uh, respect, they are more targeting to like the litmus, Massive, all those people. They're more mm -hmm. going to work on the design side, that are, but they don't change their uh, test addresses often enough to give you this really a, a good assessment. It might work or not for mileage, may vary. Right. So then you do that, and then you see if you have a problem or not. And that's important because uh, uh, you might have problems and you don't know. And uh, the other thing after that is you understand your campaigns, and then uh, and then you check the results, as everybody else tells you. The thing to understand is open rates is very very reliable and starts to not be a good metrics, so you cannot really use it. Uh, there's two metrics I recommend to use. One is click rate or reply rate if you let your users reply to yourself. And you want to kind of make sure that it's uh, within the band, uh, within the range, and you want to kind of increase, uh, obviously. And the second thing that's very counterintuitive is you need to check your unsubscription rate. And your unsubscription rate needs to be uh, under 1.5% and um, above uh, 0.5%. The reason uh, I'm saying that is because uh, above 1.5%, it's usually unsustainable. So that means that at some point you'll be in spam. So if it's like a first campaign or something like that, it's not a big deal. But uh, in average, if you're in like a running mode and you're at like 2 to 3%, this is not sustainable. And you want to be uh, above 0.5% because uh, uh, if you're not doing that, it means you're not sending enough emails to the people like you're doing marketing. So you are, but some people will not want to buy from you. That's normal. Just want too many of them. But if you have zero percent, that either means you're in spam or you're emailing uh, only to the people who really love you and uh, you want to do a uh, good work. Hmm. Okay, so it, I want to make sure I, I heard that right too. Though you you actually said you wanted for the unsubscribe rate above a certain percentage too. Though you don't want to be above like one and a half, but you 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 actually want to see a little bit, right? Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's important. Yeah, you want to see a, a little bit of that, and if you see nothing, not this is a sign uh, that you're inspiring. Hmm. 
Yeah, if they're unsubscribing, that yeah, I mean, you could end up showing in the inbox and they're seeing it. They just don't want it. Yeah, but the uh, but that's still good because you're you know. Yeah, but if that happens a lot. So it's very contrary. But if you do that a lot, and you people, you it's the email still end up in the inbox, and nobody wants it, so nobody's going to subscribe for it. That will mm-hmm. pick up on that, and if enough people do that, they're going to move it to spam directly. So it's a sign of problems, and and you want people to unsubscribe because, uh, uh, for instance, in this quick question email that you mentioned, you're not going to unsubscribe for them. I actually tried a couple of times, and then the salesperson tried to engage with me. I'm like, no, I actually want to unsubscribe. No, but let's have a meeting to talk about it. Well, no, I don't want to buy from you. Yeah, but let's have a meeting so I can uh, overcome your objection. <laughs> like, no, I mean, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This yeah, is, I know. Is, yeah, they make so, it impossible to unsubscribe. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so that's why you want that that amount of unsubscribe to do that they trust you enough to actually uh, honor your words. So say, okay, I'm not yeah. you. okay, I'm not going to argue about that. I will just stop emailing you. Uh, so, so that's uh, so that's kind of an indicator of that. That's kind of and also nobody's going to subscribe an email if it's come already. So, yeah. so that's kind of why. So it gives a lot of. Uh, it's not usually it's it's there is something to investigate. Yeah, well, it's kind of interesting. You get some people that, you know, they send you like especially on cold emails. They send them to you, and at the bottom you'll see, you know, if you'd like to unsubscribe, respond back. Yeah. Well, okay. No, I want a button to unsubscribe. I don't want to respond back. Yeah. And when I see that personally, and I really don't want that email, I just mark them as spam so that yeah. at the very least they'll go to my junk. In which case. You know, they don't realize that's like that's going to hurt their reputation for the sends, you know, because I don't want it, but I also don't want to engage with you, hence why I'm not replying to it. Yeah, that exactly. So, so actually, so customers we have when they say, uh, and subscribe, they just unsubscribe and they don't re engage with the users. But that the problem is you don't know ahead, so you don't want to start a conversation and all that. And that's kind of the, the, the problem here. And you want uh, you want to make it easy for people to unsubscribe. So it's a little bit uh, it seems to be one thing. By the way, Google announced that this is something they're going to enforce now. Uh, so they will send everything to junk that doesn't have a one-click unsubscription button. So oh, yeah, uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that they were the, this is this is news. Or uh, this is uh, they're going to deploy it like uh, in March. So it is a requirement now. But it's also common sense. Like you want people to, and you're doing marketing. So of course, at some point, you're going to. Necessary annoy users, but you're going to mail to people who don't want to hear from you, uh, and yeah. that's normal. So uh, you just should uh, be respectful and say, "Oh, okay, sorry, I will not talk to you again." And that's it. Uh, yeah, there is nothing else about it. Yeah, I always wonder why they don't bother to actually put the unsubscribe button. I mean, the cold email systems that exist now, you know, they're like the Mailchimp's, but for cold email. Um, they don't really require you to actually say that in there, and they're still not going to ban you from the system like uh, Mailchimp would. Yeah. So, so mm-hmm. I, can, I, can, I can explain to you why. There is a reason is one, some of them don't have this unsubscription button. Uh, and two, uh, some of them also, they use a link that sends them to spam. So when you add this link, it's going to send you to spam. So they have a, a problem about that. But uh, I would say the, the, the problem is in the, the definition of the problem. They're using mm-hmm. a tool where if you add their link, they're going to send you to spam. So the solution is to change tool, not to add uh, this sentence. <laughs> Yeah, but now Gmail is going to make you add the, you know, if you don't have the link, you're yeah. going to spam anyway. If you look, I, at least if you look like you're a newsletter of sorts. And I've heard also another uh, reason is because uh, these people, uh, not necessarily, uh, so, so they're, uh, so the thing is, 
before you had newsletter and then you had uh, business email and now everything is a little bit of everything. So some uh, newsletter are actually generated on a one-to-one -one basis. Some uh, business emails are actually, it's an AI who's going to write them. So where, uh, where, what is what? And the truth is it's a little bit of everything and it doesn't yeah. matter. But so those people, they want to make, to kind of the other party believe that it's some it's a real email sent by someone who actually crafted it deliberately, spent time on it, and so on. And, on. and I hear that, I'm like, yeah, mm. that's, uh, you know, they don't, they don't really think about it that far. They don't really care. It's really, if it's just for cold emails, so it's really like, okay, am I interested in that? Am I interested in what you have to say to me? Yes or no? The, who did this email was crafted by some human being or machine? I don't think they really give, they, they don't really care that much. And they're not yeah. really into that type of discussion. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Well, this has been a good discussion, Dick, uh, Nicholas. How would people get a hold of you? And you know, where do they find Inbox Booster? You know, if they want to be able to test their emails. So it's on inboxbooster.com. So they go on the website and they have uh, they can sign. They don't even sign up. There is a test address that's pre-generated just for them. They can use them and they can test email. And if they want to talk to me at the bottom of uh, the website there is a link to book a meeting uh, the calendar link where you can book a meeting directly okay great well my name is cash miller i'm the host of marketing masters ceo of titan digital we've been talking email marketing you know things to help your deliverability some of the challenges that are going to be you know going to be faced didn't know about the gmail thing so that's a that's a good piece of information if you do email marketing um, and you're not using an unsubscribe button you know so Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you on the next episode. This show is produced by Titan Media Works and is a part of the Small Business Delivered Podcast Network. Check out smallbusinessdelivered.com for more info about upcoming shows, hosts, programs, and how you can start your very own podcast.